When I got married about 10 years ago, we decided to move out of the city and try living in a more rural area of New Hampshire. We found a nice new rental house in a quiet area. It was on a dead-end street, which sounded good to us. We'd been living on a street where people were always racing by going like 50 miles an hour. This felt like it would be a nice change. There was a pretty huge property with a bunch of land behind it at the end of the street. We figured it'd be nice to have some wildlife for neighbors. There were just a few other houses on the street, and after we moved in, we met most of the neighbors, and they seemed nice enough. But we never saw anyone around at that big property at the end. Nobody else seemed to know anything about it. Like I mentioned, our rental was a new build, as were the other houses, so no one had lived there very long. The neighbors said they hadn't really seen lights on in the old place. They said they occasionally heard screaming sounds coming from that direction. They assumed they were bobcats or red foxes that were common in the area. About three months after we moved in, we decided to adopt a dog. He was a little under a year old, and when we saw him at the shelter, we just couldn't resist. This dog was completely untrained, but we figured since we had a big backyard, we'd at least have a lot of room to work with him. After about a week, we adopted him. I came home from work early in the evening. My wife was out of town and I went to check on the dog. I saw that he had dug a huge hole and escaped under the fence. One of the neighbors came out and said she had seen the dog running off towards the old property. She hadn't tried to get him since she couldn't leave her kids. I walked up there to look around. The old house was pretty hidden behind some big trees, so I never really got a good look at it. When I got back to the fence, I saw an old trespassers will be shot sign hanging there. I didn't think it would be a good idea to go through. The place looked deserted though. The fence was rusty and broken, and the bushes were overgrown and taking over. I looked in one of the windows and saw some old furniture, but there were no signs of life. I was trying to decide if I should go ahead and trespass when I heard a scream. I dropped down and looked through the fence as best as I could. It got totally quiet, and I didn't see anything. Then, I see this fox take off from under the brush and make a mad dash along the side of the hill, and I realized this scream was coming from it. Then I saw this massive thing chasing after it. I don't know what to call it. It was like a giant, demonic-looking canine. It had a huge mane of fur around its neck, it was snarling like crazy chasing this fox. It caught up to the fox with no problem and clamped its jaws around its neck. I saw blood spurt everywhere. I turned around and ran back to my house and locked myself in. I was more scared than I'd ever been. I have never seen anything like that. The freakiest part is that it was like six or seven feet tall and running on its hind legs. You could almost call the body human-like except for the size and the hairiness. All I could think about was my poor dog on the loose out there. When I calmed down, I went to see which neighbors were home, so I could warn them. The ones I talked to thought it must have been a bear that I saw, since that was the only large animal known to be in that area. I assured them it wasn't a bear, but what could I say? I had no name for the thing I'd seen. I felt obligated to let everybody know. I knocked on the door of the last house and this gnarly sunburnt old guy answers and tells me he's seen that dog. 
I assumed he meant my dog, but come to find out, he was talking about that giant thing that attacked the fox. I just stared at him and was explaining again what I saw and that it was no dog. He led me into the house and he got a notebook off the shelf and turned to a drawing. Holy crap, if that drawing didn't look really similar to what I'd seen. The guy said he just moved into this house with his daughter, but he used to live over the hill and had seen this creature when he used to hunt. He kept referring to it as the dog man. He said that when he was out hunting and saw it, he thought it was a coyote, but then it stood up and he immediately knew it was something much worse. I was just floored by his story. I told him I thought I should call the police, and he just kind of laughed. I stepped back outside and looked up the road, and my dog came barreling out of nowhere. He was whimpering and jumped on me and was shivering like crazy. He couldn't stop shivering. I took him home and wrapped him in a blanket and held him for a long time. At the time, my mind was reeling at how impossible it all sounded. But since I've been listening to your channel, I've heard some very similar descriptions. I never wanted to see something like that again. We moved out of there as soon as our lease was up. Hi Donovan. I live in Northwest Maine and I'm riding in with a Bigfoot encounter that took place last fall. My wife is from Maine and we moved back just before we were married. We wanted to be closer to her family. She has two sisters that live within 20 minutes from us, and I'm lucky enough to have great brother-in-laws. We all get along, we hang out, and we love spending time together, and they've really welcomed me into the family. I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia, and grew up in more of a city setting, so rural Maine is a big change for me. A few years ago, I got my gun permit and hunting license, and I joined my brother-in-laws for seasonal hunting trips. They're both big on turkey and deer. I could go without either, but my wife grew up on venison, so I always bring some back for her after a hunt. Plus, it's nice not to have to buy a grocery store turkey around Thanksgiving. So late last September, we're gearing up for a turkey hunt and planning on camping overnight for two days to scope out a valley area. My brother-in-law Teddy was familiar with this area, and he got permission from the landowner to hunt there. We took my other brother-in-law Josh's truck to a logging road to park and hike in. I personally love the hiking side of hunting and always get behind just looking at all the scenery. Maine is a gorgeous state, especially as far north as we are. It can be desolate and wild, but overall, it's beautiful. We hiked into the camp about six miles and were situated on the rim of a little valley, which didn't drop too far down, but it created this bowl shape. We were in a nice spot near a lookout, where early the next morning, we'd be able to see down into the valley and watch for any turkey movements. Once we were settled in, it was a little afternoon, and we weren't planning on much other than checking on our gear, having a few drinks, starting dinner, and then winding down. The plan was to get up a little after 3 a.m., so sleep is pretty important on these trips. Teddy was sleeping in a hammock, but Josh and I both had tents. We got those set up, we set up our camping chairs, and we were just hanging out. After about two hours, the three of us took off into the woods to get enough firewood for the two nights we'd be staying. Teddy and I stayed closer together, but Josh wandered a little further, wanting to keep an eye out for turkey trails. I had a solid armful of logs and was walking back maybe 200 feet behind Teddy when I saw him freeze. 
I never seen a grown man stiffen up like that, even in serious situations. And I'm a linesman by trade, so I've seen some stuff. Teddy went completely still, all six one of him, and I paused, not sure what he had found. Of course, you hear horror stories of hunters finding decomposing bodies, and that was my first thought. Stepping carefully to be quiet, I think in reaction to the fact that he hadn't shouted or anything, and wasn't moving, I came up behind him. He heard me and turned. His eyes were wide. I immediately knew to be quiet, too, and looked to where he had been staring. In front of us was this huge sleeping creature. At first I thought we'd stumbled upon a grizzly bear, but there aren't actually grizzly bears in Maine, so I knew that couldn't be right. But this thing was huge, easily twice the size of the average black bear we have around here. It was curled up the way dogs are curled up to sleep, and it had its face tucked into the rest of its body. It couldn't be a black bear, though, because its hair was this copper red brown and really, really dense, almost matted. Black bears can get a dark brown or cinnamon color, but I'd never seen a bear this color before and had the same reaction as Teddy as reality set in. This just couldn't be a bear. I ran through the short list of other possibilities in my mind, but Teddy was already backtracking quietly. He put his logs and kindling down at some point, and I followed also trying to be very quiet. A few minutes away from our camp, both of us out of breath from adrenaline, we heard a gunshot. It was incredibly loud and we both jumped, then ran toward camp, knowing it could only be Josh. When we arrived, he was huddled near his tent, pointing a handgun at the ground. What did you just shoot, I asked him, starting to panic in case a bear or a moose was going to come at us. Handguns aren't usually enough to stop them but he said he had shot up in the sky at an angle. Teddy took the gun from him, and with my ears still ringing, I looked around. The campsite was completely ransacked. Josh's tent was bent sideways, and mine was upside down, a few feet from where I had pitched it. Teddy's hammock had been pulled down out of the tree, and the rope was ripped clean through and frayed. The campfire was scattered, and our things were everywhere. Just get the guns and ammo, Teddy said and we scrambled to the shotguns. I also grabbed my hiking backpack, which was pretty emptied out. The three of us took off on the trail back to the logging road right away. We only had a few hours of daylight. Once we caught our breath and were steadily working our way back to the truck, I asked Josh what he had been shooting for. He explained that when he'd gotten back to the camp, there was something in it. A bear, he thought at first, and he could see it thrashing our stuff around. But then he got a good look and realized it had an ape-like face, concave with a snout, and with human-like ears. It completely freaked him out, so he shot once in the air, and the thing took off making this hooting or whooping sound. I was going to mention the thing Teddy and I had found sleeping, but Teddy got to it first. We both admitted not to seeing this thing's face, but we were both sure it hadn't been a bear. We spent the last hour of the hike in silence, each of us trying to figure out what we had seen. We never told our wives and just said that it wasn't an ideal time or place for a turkey hunt, blowing off their questions. It only comes up when the three of us are together and we have a drink, but we still know what we saw. Josh puts the creature he saw well over seven feet tall. He and his brother are both over six feet and insists it had this ape human face. The only thing I've come up with is we must have seen a Bigfoot.
Teddy thinks that's ridiculous, but he's never had a better answer. The three of us still go hunting, but not on overnight trips anymore, and we keep a wider array of guns on us. We usually go in groups of five or eight too, just in case. Since I'm not as attached to hunting as my brother-in-laws are, I've been thinking about giving it up. I have no idea if the things we saw in the woods are aggressive, but I don't like what they did to our camp in the minutes we were gone. I'd hate to think what they could do to a person if they wanted to, at their size and strength. Hi Donovan, I'm grateful to finally have a place to tell my story, all of my story, old and new. I've always been afraid if I talked about my gift, people would shy away from me and label me as this weird chick who sees things. But seeing how many people on your channel have come forward with their own stories, I'm finally ready to share mine. Since I was a small child, certain places will trigger me. I see things that happened in the past. I'm not really sure if this could be called seeing ghosts. I've always felt like it was some type of residual energy, stamped on a certain place where there had once been high emotion or tragedy. I was never able to interact with anything I've seen, or felt like they saw me too, until a recent visit to my co-worker's house. When I was a little kid, I would tell my mom or my friends, and even, one time, my teacher, when I saw something that didn't fit in like a person drifting through the room. You can always tell the entities are different because they don't have the same type of solid appearance that real people do. But I found out real quick that hearing about it just scared people or made them mad at me or made them laugh at me, all of which taught me to just keep my mouth shut at a young age. But now I'm 28 and that lesson had been learned long ago. I always just ignore the entities when I see them. I've never had any reason to believe that these things could see me until the day that I went to my friend Kara's house. I've known Kara, or more accurately, known of her since junior high school. We didn't really run with the same crowd, but now we both work for the same company. We've become friends. Her mom and dad died years ago, killed by a drunk driver, while they were coming home from a Christmas party. It was horrible. I felt so bad for her. I know she and her dad had a lot of problems in the past. Off and on, they'd stop speaking to each other, though we weren't close enough for me to ask her why. She said she was really close to her mom. She only had one sibling, an older brother who ran away from home when he was only 17. I don't remember him at all. Kara said he'd never been back in touch. When Kara's folks died, at first she talked about selling the house. She said it had a lot of bad memories for her. Her dad had a bad temper, and as soon as she graduated, she had gotten out of there, got her own apartment. But the economy being what it is, about eight months ago, she decided to give up her apartment and move back into her childhood home. When I arrived at Kara's house, I was impressed. It was huge. It was two stories, and there was this grand staircase curving down with the mahogany banister. It was beautiful. I couldn't help but admire it as I followed her upstairs. She had turned one of the bedrooms into a cozy little den because she said the downstairs parlor seemed too formal. We ordered pizza and browsed through Netflix, finding a movie we both liked. It was fun for a while, just hanging out and drinking wine while we waited for our food. But after about 15 minutes, I started to get that familiar prickling on my skin. Usually that happened right before one of my visions would start. I tried just to ignore it, but... 
I kept feeling like someone else was there, watching me, even though no one popped into my line of sight. When the doorbell rang, Kara had just excused herself to use the bathroom. I knew it had to be the pizza guy, and I was happy to pay for it myself, since Kara was hosting. I trotted down the stairs, paid the pizza guy, and turned back around to come up. There was a young man standing at the top of the staircase. I knew right away it was one of them, because he didn't look quite solid. The difference was this time he was looking right at me, like he could see me, and that's never happened before. He looked really rough, with darkness on his face that I thought might be bruises on a real person, and one arm hung crooked, like he had broken it. I was pretty startled because he locked eyes with me. I was hesitant to walk up the stairs toward him, a little bit afraid even though I'd seen these things all my life. This was different because he was watching me. I just stood there with my heart pounding, waiting for him to drift away like they always do. But something else happened instead. As I stood there, a man came up behind him, waving his hand like he was angry. The boy turned and you could tell they were arguing, even though I couldn't hear anything. It was like watching a movie on a really crappy TV with the sound turned down. It was kind of hard to tell what was going on, but suddenly, the older man shoved the younger guy square in the chest. The boy flailed his arms and couldn't keep his balance. I gasped in horror as he tumbled down the stairs, bouncing his head on several steps along the way. He rolled to a stop right at my feet and then he vanished. My knees were wobbly, and my chest started to feel tight. I felt like I was having a panic attack. I never witnessed anything so violent before. I heard a voice ask if I was okay, and I looked up. Kara was standing at the top of the stairs. The older man's spirit was gone now, too. It hit me all at once. The truth. I don't have any proof, but I just felt this certainty come out of nowhere and lodge in my heart. I knew that I had just witnessed Kara's father pushing her older brother down the stairs and causing his death. He didn't run away. He was killed. I don't know how I know that, but I just do. It was too much for me to handle. I just told Kara that I suddenly felt sick. I went and got my jacket and left, not able to even look her in the eyes. I had some time to think about it, but I still don't know what to do. I have no proof or anything. If this crime really happened, it was almost two decades ago. Sixteen years anyway, I feel like Kara's brother was trying to catch my eye on purpose. So justice will be done. But how can justice be done if the man who killed him is already dead? Besides, which no one would ever believe me, and Kara would hate me. What do you think I should do? I welcome any advice from you or your viewers. All I ask of anyone is please be respectful. I'm having a hard enough time with this without people calling me crazy. Thank you and stay safe. Let me know what you think about these stories in the comments below. Also, make sure to check out dreadsarmy.com where you'll find all of my stories and multiple strange and weird news posted every single day. If you want to be part of the discussion, check out the forums on Dreads Army. We also have a Facebook group so you don't miss out on any updates. Thanks and take care.